going down I'm yelling timber You better move You better dance Let's make a night You won't remember I'll be the one You won't forget Here we go, Sucker Radio back for another week of action here on MMASucker.com and MMAopinion.co.uk. Just a couple things to get to before I let you know who we have on the show today. Um, Our thoughts and prayers go out to the family and friends of Shane Del Rosario. It was announced earlier today on Wednesday that he had suffered a heart attack on Tuesday And was taken to local hospital. He is in critical condition with no further details on the situation. According to his manager, Jason House of Iridium um, Sports, Shane had a catastrophic cardiovascular collapse at his home on Tuesday morning. He was brought to the hospital in full cardiac arrest. He was resuscitated in the emergency room back to his stable heart rhythm and blood pressure. He is currently in the coronary care unit, critically ill, and their prayers are with him and his family. That is a statement from Jason House, his manager. So us at MMASucker.com and Sucker Radio would like to let the family and friends of Shane Del Rosario know that our thoughts and prayers are also with him. Um, On to other news. Today, Wednesday, would have been Bruce Lee's 73rd birthday. This guy paved the way for martial arts in the mainstream from his Jeet Kune Do to everything else. He's like the grandfather of mixed martial arts. So without him, none of this stuff would have been possible. Um, On today's show, we are featuring World Series of Fighting um, contestants and competitors and fighters uh, from... the upcoming World Series of Fighting 7 event, which goes down on December 7th in Vancouver, British Columbia, my hometown right here. Lucky enough that I will be cage side for that event in Media Row. So we'll be welcoming um, both sides of the main event. Georgie Karakanen and Lance Palmer will both be joining us. So will Caleb Starnes, as well as Ryan Dixon, who is a late replacement um, for Ryan Chappie against Marcus Vinicius. Uh, all those guys will be joining us today. Stacked show, stacked uh, episode of Sucker Radio. Um, we also have this weekend coming up, which I want to chat about a little bit before we get into the show, is uh, the Ultimate Fighter 18 finale going down in Vegas from the Mandalay Bay Event Center. Nate Diaz versus Gray Maynard going down in the main event. I... I wrote an article about this yesterday, how this fight is flying a little bit under the radar, especially for a fight that is a trilogy fight. These two have fought in the past before. Nate Diaz beat Gray Maynard on The Ultimate Fighter Season 5, and Gray Maynard evened up the score just a few few, uh, events later at uh, Ultimate Fight Night 20, I believe. He evened up the score with a a split decision. Although controversial, they're both one in one and one against each other. So it should be a fun fight. Fireworks in that matchup, I think. It it uh it, it'll show that one man is is capable of moving in, in into that upper echelon again in the lightweight division and the other 
may continue to be a, a gatekeeper for the UFC's 155-pound division. Also on this card, we have Davy Grant versus Chris Holdsworth in the Tough 18 men's tournament final. Juliana Pena, we found out, moved on to the Tough 18's women's tournament final, and her opponent will be announced this evening because the final episode of The Ultimate Fighter Season 18 goes down this evening, um, Wednesday night, on Fox Sports 1, so we don't know who her opponent will be. Um, it's it's a pretty decent fight card. We got Jessamine Duke versus Peggy Morgan. Both those girls were on uh, The Ultimate Fighter. Roxanne Modafferi against someone to be announced. We don't know who it is. She'll be taking on someone. Uh, Maximo Blanco versus Akira Corasani. Um, and a few other fights also on that card that, that are, are going to be interesting for, from a fan's perspective. So uh, that going down this Saturday night from the Mandalay Bay Events Center. Uh, as far as other news, not a heck of a lot else going on. So with that, we'll get right into my first guest. Joining me now is the man who has just been hoisted up into main event status at World Series of Fighting 7. Please welcome to Sucker Radio, Lance Palmer. Lance, thanks for doing this, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Now, let me first start off by saying congratulations on getting promoted to main event status. Thank you. It's pretty cool. Uh, I didn't really realize it till last night. I was... Um... I live with Joe Benavides, and we were talking about it because he's the main event for Sacramento's UFC card, and uh, so now our, we call our house the main event. <laughs> no kidding. Now, before we get before we get to your fight, um, you must be quite the person if your nickname is the Party. Uh, just explain how that all came about. Uh, well, that's kind of just like my, you know, outside nickname. Favor kind of came up with it. Um, you know, I just like to have a good time. And, uh, you know, and I like to have a good time outside and inside of training. So, uh, that's how that came about. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just lighthearted. It's not really anything I take too serious and I definitely don't, uh, abuse the name in any way. So, <laughs> well, you say you like to have a good time. What you train with some of the best in the world at team alpha male. How about you give us a little behind the scenes story of something that goes on at team alpha male that you think our listeners would get a kick out of? Uh, a lot of grab assens. <laughs> I mean, it's, we just have a good time. Uh, you know, we just, we like to joke with each other. We like to, uh, you know, we kind of mess around with each other and make fun of each other, but it's all lighthearted. And uh, everybody here has pretty thick skin, so it's, it's, uh, it's a good time. I mean, there's never, a, there's never a dull moment in the gym, and a lot of get serious when, uh, you know, when practice starts, but we like to have fun outside. Now let me ask you this. I, 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 I had Andre Feely on the show a few weeks back and, and he's that piano key belt. What belt are you in, uh, Jiu Jitsu? I don't know. I don't think I've ever been uh promoted to a belt in Jiu Jitsu. What do you think, Joe? Neither was Andre, he just made it. <laughs> Neither was Andre, he <laughs> just really made the belt. Too, so it's your choice. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're my roommate though, you you I'll give you snakeskin. I'll I'll take the snakeskin belt for now since we're roommates. There you go. I hear the tie-dye belt's the one to get. 
Yeah, that's the that one. You gotta you gotta tap on a lot of black belts to get that one now. All right. Well, let me. As we said, your main event status. Yes, it sucks that Rumble is injured. But how about that main event in your first appearance with World Series of Fighting? That's pretty cool, man. I'm excited about it. Um, you know, it's still a fight. You still go out there and you still have to get the job done. But for it to be the main focus, the main event of the whole card, uh, as my first fight signing on with World Series of Fighting, it's pretty exciting. And uh, for it to be on NBC Sports Network is uh, it's pretty cool. So. I'm hyped up about it, but I also got to, you know, just stay focused on the fight instead of the fact that it is the main event. Now, you are undefeated in your professional career. Do you feel pressure to stay that way? I mean, I think I put more pressure on myself to stay that way than anything else. Um, I train I train with the best guys in the world, and uh, I feel that I deserve to stay undefeated. So with the training and everything that I put into it, uh, I feel like I put that pressure on myself to stay that way. But also, you, when you're going into a fight, it's it's a fight. You can't control what happens in there. You can only control the things you do. So uh, I, I am aware of that, and uh, I just train to get better for each fight. So, you know, going into it, that's not really something you can focus on, or that's when you lose. Yeah, and going into this, it was a bit of a last-minute fight for you. You stepped in for Rick Glenn. Do you like coming in last-minute like that, short-notice fights? Um, Actually, so far, I like it. I mean, the first week was a little rough getting back into the grind, but I never really got out of shape. I wrestled in a match against a world-class wrestler uh, the end of October, so I was training for that, and uh, I never really, at our gym, we never really get fully out of shape. It's just getting crisp on everything and getting ready to fight five rounds. So my last fight was five rounds, and, uh, you know, that was against a guy who's really dangerous and really tough. So, uh, you know, this fight I'm looking forward to, you know, going out there and doing my thing and just having fun. Now your opponent, Georgie, is a very decorated fighter. He's well-known. He's flashy. Are you familiar with his fighting style, and are you a guy that likes to watch tape to get prepared for that kind of stuff? Yeah, I've seen him fight. Uh, I watched a couple of his fights. My coaches have watched a couple of his fights. Uh, Dwayne Bang actually knows of him really well because he was actually uh, around him a while ago when uh, when Georgie was fighting a while back. So uh, it's good to have that kind of background on him also. Uh, but I like to watch the fight also just so I can see what he does because, it, you know, you get a couple looks at the guy from different coaches and yourself. You have uh, all those angles and different techniques and things that you can pull out of it for your advantage. Um, but, I mean, I know what he does. I, I know his style, and, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to going out there and taking it to him. So how do you see yourself finishing the fight? I'd like to finish him with my first knockout. I haven't had a knockout yet. Uh, I know you can't force a knockout, but we'll see what happens. And uh, I want to finish this fight, though, and that. Our last couple of fights have been decisions, so I'd like to go out there and uh, finish it with the bang. That leads me right into my next question. I noticed on your record you have some decisions, you have some submissions, but no knockouts, as you said. Do you have heavy hands, and we just haven't seen them yet? Yeah, I feel like I have heavy hands, and some of the guys in the gym say I do. It's just finding that sweet spot, like oh, my teammate Chad Mendez has finally gotten that groove and knocking everybody out. I think coming from a wrestling background, it just takes time to, to learn where to place your hands, and you can have all the power in the world, but if you don't know how to place it in the right spot, it's just it's hard to get the knockout. So uh, I think it's, it's coming, and my time is coming to finally get a knockout, 
but uh, you can't force it. You just have to keep training and getting better, and it'll come with the experience. Definitely. Now, we're very excited for your upcoming bout, but just take it back a notch. Of your seven professional fights, which one of them is most memorable for you? Um, most memorable? I mean, I had, uh, right before, so my sixth fight was in Utah for showdown fights. And I finished the guy with a mounted one-arm guillotine. That was pretty cool. So that's probably that's probably my uh, best submission so far out of the three that I have. And the uh, most memorable was probably my last fight because that was probably the you know the toughest five-round fight, first five-round fight for me, and against uh, a guy who's pretty tough and a guy that can take a good punch. So. Uh, my last fight in uh, the RFA title was probably my most memorable as far as toughness. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today, Lance. All the best up here in Vancouver at World Series of Fighting 7. Just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Lance Palmer and Instagram, at Lance Palmer. Facebook is Lance Palmer also. Um, you know, I... I Thank you for all the support in Vancouver. I'm coming out there to put on a show for the main event, so hopefully everybody's watching. Thanks a lot, Lance. All the best, and I can't wait to see you up here. And uh, say bye to Joe Thanks. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you. How about that? Lance Palmer, Team Alpha Male Fighter, undefeated at 7-0. and Coming into the World Series of Fighting, it's his first ever fight with the organization, and he is in the main event for the featherweight championship. Not too shabby for a guy who who's making a debut with an organization. So good on him. It was nice to hear uh, Joseph Benavidez in the background of that interview. Um, so why not get the other side of the story with his opponent, Georgie Karakanyan, right now. It's Adam Martin from uh, on behalf of MMA Soccer Calling tonight. I just wanted to say thank you for yeah. taking the time, man. I appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you, man. Awesome. So um, you have a big fight coming up, but uh, before we get into that, uh, I'd just like to recognize uh, your record at 23-2-1. Um, you're also uh, born in uh, Moscow, Russia, if I'm correct, and you're fighting out of... Uh, Millennia MMA in California. That's correct. Very cool. And uh, you're a BJ uh, J brown belt. And who did you get your uh, brown belt under, if you don't mind me asking? I got my brown belt under uh, Romy Aram and Marcel Moffer. Very cool. And um, you also, uh, before you, um, I believe before you started uh, training in mixed martial arts and competing in mixed martial arts, you also had a hand in uh, boxing. Uh, can you elaborate on your boxing career and maybe why you switched over to mixed martial arts? Uh, the reason why I did my professional boxing fight, just to uh, focus on my hands, uh, you know, get, get the feeling, get, get a little different feeling, because, uh, you know, I couldn't find any MMA fights at that time, so I said, you know what, I'm going to just train one month straight, my work, work on my hands, and take a boxing fight, so, you know, it was kind of a good feeling, uh, you know, taking that fight, because I didn't have to worry, no takedowns, no kicks, no submissions, just, you know, keep my hands up and throw a lot of jabs and crosses and try not to get out. 
<laughs> exactly. Maybe even a bit of a relief in comparison to competing in MMA. <laughs> but you don't right. have to, you don't have to worry about so many variables, but uh, still uh, very cool that you did that. It's good to uh, I think it's good for fighters to dip into that sort of thing when you know you're not as active as you'd like to be, but still uh, you know branching out as well and competing in other um, combat sports. Of course, yep. Now you've also fought on two uh, different weight classes. Uh, I believe you fought at a lightweight, and you're currently fighting at featherweight. Uh huh. And uh, yes, I start. Oh, sorry. Go but, ahead. Yeah, I started at uh, 155. I had about maybe three, four fights at 155. You know, and then after I start, you know, realizing that I'm not a 55er and dropped to 45. But you know, eventually uh, later on in my career, I'm, I'm thinking about going back up to 55. Right, and uh, you're only uh, you're only 28 years old, so you still have lots of time to grow a little bit and adapt as a fighter and physically as well as uh, mentally. So uh, definitely looking forward to you, whatever you decide later in the future. Um, your last fight was um, September 14th, 2013, in Atlantic uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, I believe it was your uh, debut for a World Series of Fighting at the uh, World Series of Fighting Five event. Uh, your opponent was Waylon Lowe. Going back to that. Um, that first experience of fighting for the organization, can you uh, recall on how you felt after you got the win? And uh, how did it feel to uh, be competing for such an organization, even though you've come in from bigger companies such as Bellator and, you know, Tachi as well? Yeah, you know, when I when I signed with World Series of Fighting, uh, I told my manager to get the toughest fight for me because, you know, I, wanna, I wanted to... Uh, Continue that streak since coming off of a win over uh, Dean Thomas and Takaya. I want to get those, uh, rack up those big name wins. So, you know, I don't know if this, this fans or media can respect me a little more, but, you know, of course I got a tough opponent, Waylon, and uh, it was great. Uh, it was great to uh, fight for World Series. They, you know, they, take, they took care of me really, really good. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, everything worked out perfect, you know. I mean, uh, of course, I like to keep a standing to entertain the fans, but uh, like I said, I was gonna finish the fight no matter what, and he gave me that little opportunity, and you know, I capitalized on it and I caught him in the guillotine. <laughs> it was a great fight. I had to I had to rewatch it a couple days ago when I found out that I was gonna be able to have the opportunity to uh, talk to you this week. So it was uh, it was a great uh, great. Uh, a fight for you, definitely, and you know, Waylon's a no, um, no slouch, to say it in better word. Uh, he's a really tough competitor, so it just shows how great you are adapting and uh, growing as a fighter as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, Waylon is uh, extremely, you know, to me, he's a very tough. He's got a good wrestling background too, and he fought in UFC, and uh, he did, to me, he did well, and then you know. It sucked that he didn't make weight when when I when we fought, but you know I uh, I expect him to come out tough, try to knock my head out, and you know I knew uh, we heard that he was sparring, doing a lot of boxing, sparring, knocking his sparring partners in Philadelphia. Right. And you know I I was just happy to uh, take on a fight someone like Waylon Lowe. You know I respect him a lot, even after the fight, and I wish him nothing but the best in his career. And now he's not the uh, he's not the only veteran that you've really taken on in your careers. Um, previously, you fought you know guys like Dean Thomas, who's another uh, true veteran of the sport. Um, you fought guys like uh, Makaya Miller, who's uh, the brother, of course, of uh, Cole Miller, who currently fights in the UFC. Uh, no slouch either, as he's 
um, tried to make it into the bigger company as well, but, uh, you know, fighting for Tachi, and uh, you put on a really good fight with him going to decision in that war. <laughs> Patricio, you know, another guy that you fought in Bellator, I believe your last fight in Bellator, which is a which is a pretty crazy fight in itself. <laughs> and, you know, guys like Joe yeah. Warren, so you fought some of the best in the world currently, and, uh, you know, again, uh, your record uh, certainly shows uh, what end of the spectrum that we can expect you uh, competing at, and... Uh, it's great to see you guys get guys that are top-notch level competitors fighting for organizations such as the World Series of Fighting now. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, like I said, even even the losses to Joe Warren, even the loss to Patricio uh, made me a different fighter. Uh, I'm I'm a fighter that you know I if I gotta be you know every single aspect in martial arts I gotta be really good at it so. You know, when I lost to Joe Warren, I, you know, I got my wrestling better, and and then I fought Patricia, I lost, and I realized, okay, I'm getting taken down, and, you know, I lost, you know, he finished me, so I had to work to tighten up my stand-up, I had to tighten up my wrestling, everything, so, you know, that's why I don't take any time off. I, the way I look at MMA, the sport is growing so fast. I train every day, I try not to take any time off, and, you know, the only times I'll, I'll probably rest if I overtrain and my body can't take it anymore, and I'll just, you know, slow down. I'll take a few days off. But, you know, I'm always trying to keep up with the sport, you know. I, I want to, you know, I want to gain that respect from, you know, everyone, from the fighters, from the fans, from the organizations. So, you know, I'm trying to be the best. Most definitely, and now you, uh, you're you currently, the last win that you had over a low um, gave, put you on an eight-fight winning streak. I normally ask fighters if that even um, is, takes into consideration in the back of the mind, you know, does that build your confidence with each win? Obviously, you know, I think uh, personally it should or, or would, but a lot of fighters have told me in the past that it's something that they don't really think of. It's just one fight at a time and, you know, one stage to get to where they want to be. Now, how does that uh, come into comparison with how you feel about that? Or even if you noticed that you were on a current eight-fight winning streak? Yeah, I look at that a little bit, but, you know, uh, I always try to, uh, you know, you know, even looking at my win with Waylon Lowe, I look at that fight and I'm, I'm very... Uh, I, you know, I, I, uh, I look at my mistakes. I did a few mistakes in that fight, and you know, I try to make sure I don't do the next fight. And you know, I'm very hard on myself as a fighter, but I don't pay attention too much on that, on any hype or anything, any, anything like that. Because you know, this is MMA. We fight with four ounce gloves. Anything can happen any given day. And to me, MMA is the most unpredictable sport ever. So, you know, I just go in the fight and fight my fight you know I never try to fight my opponent's fight definitely and it's something that you don't want to take advantage of you know building up your confidence is one thing but getting careless and playing that into your head and the mental aspect of the sport is certainly something different <laughs> no yeah exactly you know I, I go in the fight extremely confident but it's but extremely humble you know I, I like I said I don't underestimate anyone you know I I take all my opponents extremely serious you know uh, but again, I go with extreme confidence, extreme calmness, but again, with the killer instinct and be smart and be humble. Very cool, man. And certainly, I can agree with that's definitely the right mindset you need to be in the sport. And if you're going to be in this sport for a long time, it's 100% right. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. There you go.
And now uh, we mentioned something about your upcoming fight that you have uh, for December 7th. We just mentioned it briefly, but I'd like to touch a little bit more base on that. And uh, it's taking place in Vancouver, Canada, out, uh, out west in the western provinces there. And um, it should be a really exciting fight. Uh, you've had an opponent switch, though. I believe your original opponent was uh, Rick Glenn, and now you currently have uh, Lance Palmer in his place. What are your thoughts on that change? Uh, yeah, you know, originally I was supposed to fight Rick Glenn, coming off a great camp, Duke Rufus. Uh, you know, he won two fights, and I, you know, I thought he's not up and comer. It would have been a great fight for Canadian fans, put an exciting stand up fight. But the opponent change doesn't affect me at all. I'm a fighter that I like to, uh, you know, I got to adapt to anybody, you know, if it's a one day notice. And, uh, you know, Rick, uh, Lance Palmer, you know, again, comes up from a great wrestling background and good camp. And he's, he's another softball, you know, I think he's a little same built as uh, Waylon Lowe. So I have no problem with that. You know, I'm training hard. So, you know, whatever they throw to me, I'm ready. Very cool, man. And um, now uh, you've you fought several places all over the world. Uh, you know you fought for different organizations all over the world. Uh, Dream, um, you know Bellator we mentioned earlier, uh, Tachi as well, uh, Legacy Fighting Championship, a um, couple promotions in America. You know, but you fought overseas as well. But you're being born from Russia, and, and you've never fought in Russia though. A lot of uh, Russian fighters that come over to North America, you normally generally start their careers out over there and then make their way over here. But that's not the case with you. Um, as far as I know, you know, you uh, grew up in Russia, but you mainly have lived your whole life or majority of your life over here in the in the United States. Yeah, yeah, you know, my, my both my parents are Armenians. Uh, I was born and raised in Russia, Moscow, and uh, I moved here. You know, that would be great if we'll see the fighting could throw a show in Russia, especially in Moscow. So, because, you know, I have a lot of family members out there, a lot of friends that would come and support me. Actually, my, uh, I have more fans in Russia than in Armenia. You know, I mean, I still have some fans in Armenia that I always ask, my cousins and stuff like that. But it would be great to go fight in uh, Moscow, you know. Right, and you just you just definitely um, answered my second question or my part uh, second part of that question was if one day it would be a wishful thinking or a dream that uh, you know the organization that you're fighting for would indeed hold an event over there for you. Yeah, you know, hopefully uh, after this fight, I can talk to Ray Sefo. Maybe they could throw a show up there. That'd be cool. Very cool indeed. I know they're expanding. And uh, that my last question for you, Georgie, um, I was going to ask you, uh, how do you feel about the progress and the future of the World Series of Fighting? And how excited are you to be a part of the organization? I think World Series of Fighting is going to be the second best organization. You know, I, people might think I'm crazy or what, but I think they're going to beat Bellator. Uh, they're... Uh, their, their staff is extremely professional. They care about their fighters extremely. And, uh, you know, you know my boss, you know, Ray Seffo, you know, who, uh, how many organizations could say they have a boss, you know, fighters that could say they have a boss that, you know, Ray Seffo is a legend. He has over 100 fights. And, you know, he knows how to treat fighters. And like I said, the whole staff knows how to treat fighters. And a lot of big plans for next year. I don't think I'm allowed to say it, but, you know, there's going to be huge. What series is going to, I think what series is going to be, like I said, second best, you know, after UFC. 
Definitely, and very cool to hear. And just one more thing, Georgie, before I forget, I want to say congratulations. I believe you uh, recently um, uh, won a fan voting contest uh, that involved the uh, the Rattle of the Cage. Oh, yeah, man. I, I, re I won the Rattle of the Cage award from Boost Mobile. You know, I'm... You know, I was really happy that the fans voted for me. You know, you know, you know, Boost Mobile. You know, it says be heard. So you know, I'm glad the fans watched my fight and they start tweeting rattle the cage. <laughs> and you know, in the future, if they watch any what is a fighting that you know, they could hashtag rattle the cage and the the fighter's last name and you know that fighter could win that $5,500 check. You know, you know, it helps a lot. You know, when you get that extra cash with the with everything in life with the family. So. It was pretty cool experience, you know, getting out of work from Boost Mobile. Definitely. It's a very unique concept and uh, something that we certainly look forward to again and uh, continue to look forward to. And now... Uh, yeah, man. Oh, sorry to, uh, sorry to interrupt you there, buddy. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. And uh, is there anyone that you'd like to take the time to uh, thank uh, going into your fight December 7th against Lance Palmer? Uh, you know, I'd like to thank, uh, you know, of course, my team, Millennium MMA, and then... Uh, my training partner, Saeed Awad, Jordi Bedoya, and I would like to thank, uh, you know, Bubba Jenkins. You know, he's a great wrestler. He's been helping me with uh, uh, wrestling a lot. So, you know, thank him. Very cool, man. Is there any uh, sponsors that you'd like to give a shout-out to right now? Uh, big shout-out to, uh, to Reebok. Uh, and then I would like to give a shout-out to Emmy and Brian Coconut Water. Uh, Soul Headphones, Grips Athletic, and uh, Virus. Awesome, man. And uh, again, uh, Georgie, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to talk with me tonight. It's uh, a pleasure to talk to you, and I can't wait for your fight December 7th, World Series of Fighting uh, in Vancouver, Canada. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, and thank you for interviewing me, brother. Not a problem. Uh, you enjoy the rest of your day and evening. I believe you're, uh, you're a little bit behind uh, in time difference there, so I think you probably still have a bit of sun sunlight over there. Yeah, yeah, it's three thirty. So you know, I finished with the two training sessions. Sessions I got, I got one more, and then eat, sleep, and then same thing over again. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great, man. Can't wait again, and uh, thank you very much. Thank you. I am so pumped up for this main event in this fight card. I mean, we had Anthony Rumble Johnson against Mike Kyle in the main event and it got scrapped because Mike Kyle injured his foot but they bumped this one up to the main to the main event status and and I'm absolutely pumped because these two guys are going to bring nothing but heat the entire match Georgie K versus Lance Palmer I'm super excited for this one um also on this fight card, we got Elvis Mutapcic versus Jesse Taylor in the middleweight tournament semifinal. This fight was supposed to go down at the last World Series of Fighting event. It didn't because there was problems in the corner, not the corner, the dressing room of Elvis. And uh, so that fight was scrapped from that card. It's now moved to this one. Very excited about that. Also on the main card, we have local cat Saba Fadai taking on notorious Nick Newell. Another fight that's going to be very, very fun for the fans. And kicking off the main card, because of the injury to Anthony Rumble Johnson, it got moved up from the preliminary portion of the card. We've got Dwayne Lewis against our next guest, Caleb Starnes.
please welcome to the show, in my opinion, the best Miss Martial Arts fighter here in British Columbia, Caleb Starnes. Caleb, thanks for joining me today, man. Hey, thank you. Now, coming into your World Series of Fighting debut, you're riding an impressive three-fight winning streak, and many have considered you the top professional fighter in BC over the last year or so. Um, now, what do you attribute this to, and how have things changed mentally, physically, and everything else in between? Well, uh, just a, a change in in attitude, you know, a change in um, a, a change in my mind. I, I really feel a lot more comfortable fighting right now. I feel like it's it's what I want to do. It's what I'm pushing myself all the time in the gym, and I feel comfortable getting into the getting into the cage. And I want to be there. I enjoy it. And, um, you know, I, I'm in a good place mentally right now, mentally and emotionally. That's what I want to do right now, and I'm focused. And it hasn't always been that way for me. Um, you know, I, I have, it's, it's the type of sport where you really have to want it. You can't go in there with, uh, you know, you can't go in there with any type of doubt about why you're there or what you're trying to accomplish, and uh, I'm in that place right now. Do you do much mental training? Yeah, I do, and it's it's become more and more a part of my routine, of my training regime since uh, over the last you know year or so, and it's helped me a lot. I think a lot of people neglect that part of their training. I mean, the the mental preparation is just as important as as running or sparring or hitting pads so um a lot of people neglect it or they think that they've already got it under control but i've watched so many people i mean really top top athletes who are very experienced guys with dozens and dozens of fights i've watched them just go out and you know get overwhelmed uh, mentally and emotionally in the first few minutes of a fight and gas in the first round you i've seen it happen to lots of guys but you know top guys guys fighting in the ufc I've I've seen a lot of those guys go the same way, you know. Yeah. Now you've trained with with numerous top teams along your your journey in MMA, and you're now with Aegis Athletics. Do you like mm-hmm. where you're at with your training? And at some point, do you feel you'll need to move to a so-called big gym if you want to grow even more? Well, my experience uh, in the big grid gyms in Las Vegas and Florida was that. Um, while the sparring there is is great and it's nice to be able to measure yourself against top guys. I mean, I remember the first time or when I sparred with um, Minotaro Nogueira or Marcelo Garcia and those guys. Um, you know, it's it gives you a, a gauge on where you're at and can build a lot of confidence in you. You know, you, when you're able to hang in the gym with people you've been watching, you know, on television for years, guys that you looked up to or try to emulate and you find that you can you can compete with them. I mean, there, that's a, that's something you can take away from a bigger gym or getting into spar with those guys that you can't get in your small like hometown. But another thing that I learned is, um, when, when we, when you go to a gym like that, where there's 10, 20, 30 professional fighters and, you know, maybe half a dozen, a dozen top guys, there's, there's often not enough, uh, personal attention, you know, to go around there there's 
I remember one gym, I'm not going to really say the name, but I, I was in a place where there was basically one really good pad guy for Muay Thai and one really good pad guy for boxing and, you know, 20 fighters. And uh, and that just doesn't work, especially when they're traveling with them and cornering them and and working with them throughout the day. It's hard to get your time in. You know, you, you the sparring is great, but the top guys generally get the attention. The people bringing in the most money will will get the most attention and and often guys coming in you know entry-level guys they they're they're just using you as practice dummies as sparring partners when you first come in through the doors and I know right now I'm with the I'm with just a few people that I really like that are good solid people um you know guys I love to go in there and see every day and and I'm I'm really happy that way I know from I you know I'm I trained with uh, Olympic gold medalist boxers and, and Olympic wrestlers and top ju- jiu-jitsu world champions, MMA world champions, and and um, I know what I need to work on in the gym. It's not a matter of that. Um, it's it's more like I prefer to have a tight camp of really good people who I trust and trust me and we're working together goals than I would going into just a big gym where I'm nobody. Like, I bet, you know... You go into like a wild card gym or try to train with like Freddie Roach or something. If you think you're going to get the same attention as Manny Pacquiao or, or uh, you know, one of his one of his top uh, money earning fighters, you're not, and you, the, you probably won't get much hands on with him at all unless you got a lot of money. And you know he's going to make something out of it because it's a business too, and. Um, you know, guys are going to walk out of there basically just being used as sparring dummies for for some of the better guys, you know, and not, you know, you'll take away something from the experience, sure, but it's not going to be like a proper training camp where it's all the focus is on you and you getting better and you improving and, you know, it's a different, it's a different vibe in places like that. People think, yeah, I'll go to TriStar, I'll go to, you know, one of those, one of, some other top MMA team around and I think my guess is when you get to most of them, they're about the same. Yeah, and it sounds that it sounds. I mean, we see a lot of local guys from BC here try that whole. You know, I'm going to head out to Montreal to train with TriStar, but you don't hear much from them after they've gotten there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Now, over the as I said, over the past few years, you've fought for a number of different promotions. Uh, most recently, you fought for Five Star Fight League in Penticton. Uh, so you've bounced around a little bit with with the promotions. Are you are you comfortable with not signing long term deals and just fighting from promotion to promotion, or would you like to find a home base? Uh, I'm comfortable doing this, and it's nice to have your options open. The thing that's been difficult to do is to find a fight, to find opponents. My last three fights that I got were fights that I took on short notice because someone else had pulled out of the fight or I, and I couldn't find, you know, like I would, I was looking for months, almost about six months before I fought, um, David Perone. I just ended up fighting him on short notice because uh, his opponent dropped out. And then the same with Tim Hegg. I, I went up to fight him at heavyweight, you know, he had to cut to 265 pounds, but I'm, I, that's the only fight I could find. And then uh, the same thing happened with uh, Clay Davidson, whatever. So, I mean, I've been looking. I look all the time. Ask, you know, Jake Gwashani or ask Darren Owen or ask 
any of the promoters around here. I mean, I've been, I've been looking for fights all over the place. So I, you'd I, rather I, be... I, you... I look for fights back east, too. I look for fights in the States. I look for fights in Japan. And I haven't been able to find fights. I mean, you know, it's not it's not always easy. That's, that's a problem. That's been a problem for me. Yeah, so you'd actually rather have more more fights. You'd act, you'd like to be more active. Yeah, I had three in three months, and I wanted to have... I wanted to fight every month if I could, as long as I wasn't injured. I'm trying to fight as often as I can. I would like to fight after this fight in December. I would like to fight in January, and then I would like to fight in February. And I've been talking to um, other promotions, too, and, and, you know, keeping my eyes open. If World Series of Fighting wants to sign me again for another fight or try to, you know, offer me some type of a multi-fight contract, fine. But, I mean... Right now, it's a one-fight deal, so I'm looking ahead. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, you know, I got to pay the bills. It's not easy to fight in um, MMA and BC and these smaller promotions and try to make a living if you're not fighting like every month. It's, it's, uh, you can't, you can't make a living fighting two or three times a year, four times a year. You'd have to have, a, you'd have to have another job just to pay the bills. Now you are taking on a high caliber opponent at WSOF seven in Vancouver, Dwayne Lewis. You're two you're both veterans of the sport, so I'm sure you've seen what Dwayne has to offer throughout his career. Um, do you see him having any advantages over you inside the cage? No, I don't. I don't think he's he's definitely not fought anywhere near the same caliber of opposition I have. I mean yeah, I've I've fought a lot of the top guys in the world, and uh, I've been a lot more active than him recently. And uh, well, you know, he's got he's got a heavy right hand, I suppose, as his nickname implies. I've been hit by a lot of big guys before, you know, and I've never been knocked out. I've been I've had a, a TKO loss from uh, in different situations, but. It hasn't been from uh, ever being knocked out, and I've never had a concussion in my life. So if he thinks he's just going to come out and plant me with one punch, he's dreaming. And, I mean, I, I box with a lot of great fighters all the time. I think I'm a better technical boxer than him, and I think my, my kicking is better than his. I've watched him get devastated with leg kicks before. I also think I can out-wrestle him, and I've got 20 years of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I mean... Do you think he's got an advantage over me? <laughs> I, I don't see it. I, really, myself, I'm in good shape right now. I've been working every day, twice a day. I'm the strongest I've ever been. I'm walking around at 220 pounds lean. And, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to have an advantage over me anywhere. Now, I spoke to you after your uh, five-star fight league match, and, and you actually dropped Clay Davidson with a jab, so... Obviously, your punching power is right on 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 par with with uh, Dwayne, which is great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I spent a lot of my uh, my fighting career um, fighting to take the fight to the ground, to avoid exchanges, to get the fight in a, into a safe position where I'd be hit less, just because I think it's a safer way to fight, and um, you know. Uh, I think that I think that naturally though my strength that some of my strengths are that I I have a really good chin and um I hit hard and uh it's something that I haven't really brought out in uh, my fights up until this year and 
I feel real comfortable in there right now. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go in there and exchange with uh, Dwayne in this fight. You sound very very calm and and cool and collected and and it's nice to see that you got bumped up to the NBC Sports main card. It's going to be live on TV. Um, you were originally on the undercard. Does this put any added pressure on you, or is it just another fight? No. To, to me, it it's more intriguing. It's more interesting. I'm happier to be on the main card. And, I mean, it, it, it allows me to get more sponsorship money. It allows me to get more exposure. And to be able to fight a nice big, you know, big guy, big athlete like that on uh, live television is is what you want as a fighter. I mean, I'm there to try to entertain too, and I'm there to try to try to finish um, Dwayne Lewis. And uh, you know, that's why we go there. You know, I'm uh, I'm really happy for the opportunity to fight to fight live on television again, and I want to fight again on television as soon as possible. I, I I remember talking to you probably about five or six years ago and and you you're talking about sponsorship it's better for sponsorship like that I remember the quote that I got from you was like you didn't want to look like a NASCAR do you still yeah, feel that true. same way it's true man yeah it's true I mean if I if I made enough money to not have sponsors if I would have made as much money as Floyd Mayweather and I didn't have to have sponsors then I wouldn't have sponsors you know what I mean but uh, it's it's part of it's part of this uh, this sport at the level where I am right now. I mean, I need that sponsorship money right now. Now let's talk about the level you're at. Do you is your overall goal to get back to the UFC and and even if it is just to shut up all those naysayers? Well, I would love to have another opportunity to fight in the UFC, and. Um, you know what i've i've been putting together wins we'll see i'm going to keep i'm going to keep putting together wins and being as active as i can and um i don't know what's going to happen but if i get a chance to get back and and have another fight there i would love that now i literally just got a text message from michael brakefield who 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 you like to teach and you give back you're a veteran of the sport and I'm and I love the fact that you you like to teach these young guys and and you're mentoring the younger generation of mixed martial arts like um um Matt Baker and Michael Hill and and Micah Brakefield who will also be on the WSOF 7 card what is it about these guys that stands out and and do you see them doing big things in their career especially Micah Brakefield well, right now, I mean, Michael lives with me at my home, and we train together every day. Um, I really like Micah. He's got a lot of character, and, um, you know, he's an intelligent guy. He's He's got a lot of good athletic qualities, and he's just started boxing and kickboxing within the last year. I mean, it's something that's uh, improving a lot. He has a great um, grappling game. And he's he's grown by leaps and bounds and standing up as well, and uh, he's really made a made an effort to focus on his strength and conditioning. And you know, when he first showed up, I mean, he was a lazy jujitsu guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't want to he didn't want to lift weights and he didn't want to punch and he didn't want to kick and he didn't want to, you know what I mean? But I think gradually he's he's really turned into a more well-rounded fighter and athlete, you know. 
he's a great guy. He's a, he's, a, he's a lot of fun to train with. I like going in to see his, see his ugly face in the gym every day. And, you know, we'll be, I'm going to see him tonight at 7 o'clock and give him a good beating. <laughs> now, at, thir- <laughs> at 38 years old, how much longer do you see yourself in the fight game? And do you have an exit plan? Man, it's uh, it's it's just as long as you, as I feel good mentally, emotionally. Like I said, I've never been knocked out. I've never been hurt really in in a fight, any long term damage in a fight. And uh, I still still feel great mentally and physically. I feel I feel really good. Um, my athletic athletic training has been great. And I mean, as long as you're healthy and you're there mentally, and your reflexes are good, your nervous system's good. I mean, I don't see any reason to stop other than something. Uh, it would have to be some other decision, some other reason. You know, I feel really good. Um, some athletes age a lot quicker than others, especially like uh, lighter weight classes. And I mean, I watch like Bernard Hopkins still fighting, winning world titles in his late 40s, you know. I mean, there's some athletes are just uh, exceptional. I think I'm one of those athletes. I feel great. I go into the gym and train with, train with guys in their 20s all the time and I'll work them all the time in the gym just a yeah (laughs) for sure just a couple more questions here um you talked about mentality and and not getting hurt and things like that um we've heard from GSP um recently and and we've seen his face after the Johnny Hendricks fight um it sounds like he seems to be dealing with some memory loss and some are saying maybe he's taken far too many shots to the head um does any of that kind of thing scare you well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, if you watch his fights, he hasn't been hit that much and, and that hard and that often, really. It, it, if he's suffering memory loss and so on, and he's, he's been having, a, you know, dealing with traumatic head injuries, I wouldn't doubt that it's coming from hard sparring and, um, you know, sparring with heavy-handed guys. I mean, that's, that's a real problem. It's a real problem in gyms all over the place. I've been in gyms, you know, all around the world, and a lot of these places, they just have their guys working too hard, too regularly. They're in there just, guys are getting concussions, getting broken noses, getting cuts, getting knocked out, just in training and sparring. And they think that's how you prepare for a fight, to slug it out. Well, that's not how you prepare for a fight. I mean, if you know you can take a punch, what more do you have to prove by sitting there and being punched in the face? Would you just stand there and let somebody punch you in the face 20, 100 times a day just to prove that you could take it. I mean, it's ridiculous. And these guys are getting concussions all the time in there. I watch them train. When you get a good drilling partner who is skilled and, and, and quick, has good reflexes, good combinations, they know how to fight, you can get in there and drill with them without hurting each other and get way more work in. You're slipping more punches, you're throwing more volume, you're getting all the you're getting a lot more work and still you know a few hard rounds here and there to prepare you for the real thing are important, but you don't need to do that all the time and you know unfortunately there's a lot of really poor coaching out there and a lot of old school guys they're just having people getting knocked out left right and center man it's not pretty and that's where most of the damage is done is gym wars not ring fights I mean you know yeah for yeah. sure. Now, finally, before I let you go here, um, you talked about your mental training side of things, so you've obviously been visualizing this fight. How do you see yourself finishing Dwayne Lewis uh, next Saturday night? Early. (laughs) (laughs) Early. 
There you have it. He is Caleb Starnes. He's kicking off the NBC Sports Network main card against Dwayne Lewis at World Series of Fighting 7. Caleb, thanks for taking the time out of your day to do this today, man. Hey, thank you. Nice talking to you, Jeremy. For sure. Now, all the best, and uh, good luck next week, and we'll see you at the Agrodome. Thank you very much. I'd say Caleb is easily one of the best fighters in Canada right now at this present time that is not fighting inside the UFC octagon. Um, no one wants to fight him. He's having to move up and down. He's fought at heavyweight. Uh, he's fighting at light heavyweight now because he, he's not a huge fan of the weight cut anymore. So he's been bringing it in his past few fights. And, and if he keeps winning... I personally could see him getting that call back up, and I, and I think it would be good for him just to get that um, sort of momentum behind him and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be nice to see him bring the heat, bring the pain, bring it all. Caleb Starnes taking on Dwayne Lewis, kicking off the main card on NBC Sports. Um, finally, our last guest of the night, we got Ryan Dixon, who's stepping in as a late replacement on just two weeks' notice. He's taking on Marcus Vinicius. So right after this, we're going to be chatting with Ryan Dixon. <laughs> Everybody said you better stay in school. Get a real job, boy. Don't be a fool. Burn that guitar. You can never be a star. Joining me right now is a last-minute replacement at World Series of Fighting 7 taking place in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Please welcome Ryan Dixon to the show. So first off, um, I just want to get a little introduction on your um, your MMA career, Ryan, just to give uh, a little inside information for the World Series of Fighting fans that might not have been able to catch any of your fights or have, might not be able to hear, have heard your name. Um, just if you can give a general background in your information, um, you know, uh, what got you into MMA, when did you have your first fight, um, the mindset that you have, um, you know, for mixed martial arts, I know you love the sport and you train very, very hard. So any information that you can give on that, that'd be great. Um, I started in high school with uh, wrestling, but I didn't do it too seriously. And then after high school, um, one of my friends wanted to start kickboxing and stuff. So I came to Joslin's MMA and then... Uh, from there, I just got hooked because I lost to guys that were smaller than me, and I did really well at wrestling. So once I got submitted in jiu-jitsu by guys that were smaller than me, it was kind of a bruise to the ego. So I was like, I got to get good at this. And then from there on, I just was training um, obsessively. Um, and then after that, I after a couple of years, I did my first amateur fight, and then I went 6-0. and um, All finish, finishes, I got some knockouts and some submissions uh and then won the amateur title for xcc out in the states and then after that um when i went pro i went five and oh uh all finishes and then i lost my first fight uh, to alex garcia who's now in the ufc and then after that i beat uh omich who's got a pretty good record and i finished him as well so all my all my wins are by by uh, finish, and then my only loss was by decision. 
Definitely. I was looking over that again just to make sure I had my information right. But I recalled, um, you know, you had some uh, trouble getting uh, a couple of fights uh, earlier in your career. It was a hard time for um, Canadian fighters, especially fighters in Ontario, to get those on those cards. Like you've said, you've been offered so many fights before the World Series of Fighting opportunity came up. But, um, you know, once you settled in and you, once you got a couple big fights under your way, you were competing for Score Fighting Series as well, which is a, probably one of the biggest organizations in Canada at the time. Unfortunately, now defunct. But um, maybe a blessing in disguise to give you this, to give you this opportunity. Um, now you've uh, mentioned training uh, Jocelyn's F MMA. For those who don't know, Jeff Jocelyn is a UFC veteran himself and an extraordinary uh, MMA and mixed martial artist who has uh, competed all over the world in several different competitions, whether it being jiu-jitsu or kickboxing. Um, and then you also teach out of Tapo Burlington. Um, yeah, yeah. How would you uh, how would you describe your time um, being with Jeff? I know you've been with him for a very long time, and uh, how would you just compare um, not learning but teaching as well? Yeah, being uh, like Jeff to me, I don't have any older brothers. I've got two younger brothers, and so to me, Jeff's the older brother that I never had. He shows me all the stuff and that he knows, and now I feel that I've grown in the sport and I'll find things and tricks from where I, when I've traveled and I'll show him uh, some of the tricks that I learned so we always bounce ideas off each other and he's always down the train me and him will we roll together jiu-jitsu all the time he holds pads for me and we wrestle and stuff together too and I go up to Brock to wrestle as well so um and then but teaching uh at Tampa it's been awesome because it uh it allows me to understand like there's a lot of times when i'm doing stuff but i i don't really do it as technically as i should i'm just doing it because and uh when i have to teach it it really forces me to break it down so that that way the people that i'm teaching understand it right so for me teaching's actually helped me to a certain extent i don't i wouldn't want to be teaching every day but uh i teach a few times a week at tapo training center in burlington and for me it's it's helped my game a lot I was going to say, um, like you said, it's it's one thing to learn, but one thing to teach when you have to, you know, demonstrate and uh, transition over to that um, with people that might not know as much as you, you know, and so you have to break things down for them, like you said, very technically and put it in a way that they can also understand while also teaching yourself, as you said before. Yeah, exactly. It's very cool. And we talked about your record, uh, currently 6-1. and one. Uh, You've never been finished, which is a, a great uh, feat for, you know, a young fighter such as yourself. Um, you see a lot of fighters nowadays coming into the game, you know, thinking that they know everything and uh, just going out there and doing it, whatever they want, not as disciplined as they probably should be at a, that early age. But you've definitely signed, or shown signs of um, experience already in your young career and, you know, signs of a true veteran. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> And now you're, you're coming up to your World Series of Fighting uh, debut on the big stage for them. Um, they've been, uh, I've noticed they've been picking up a lot of Canadian talent recently and a lot of uh, guys in the lower weight classes. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, transferring over to a big organization like that for your big debut in Vancouver? I'm happy. It's going to be a good experience because it's going to be shown on TV. And uh, it's, of course, like you are saying, it's one of the, the big I'd say probably one of the big three, um, UFC, Bellator, and uh, World Series of Fighting that, that I'm lucky to be a part of. So uh, it's going to be good. I'm excited for it. It's just a step up in the bigger stage. The score was good. Um, they had it on TV, and it felt like it was uh, a big deal. But this is just 
that was uh, to get me warmed up for this. You know, this is going to be a bit bigger, obviously a bit bigger, and um, there's going to be more uh, publicity for this one, which is which is good for me. I'm I'm excited for my debut in the World Series of Fighting. Very cool, man. I can't wait for it as well. Again, that's December 7th, um, Vancouver, Canada, British Columbia. And um, now coming into the fight, you are a replacement fighter for the um, the fight that you have with uh, Marcus uh, Vinicius. Uh, how would yep. you describe your short camp? Um, I know you mentioned earlier that you've uh, you know you've been fight ready for a good while now, having fights drop out on you, or fighters drop out on you. So you've been you're always in shape, you're always ready to go. Um, what's the difference in your mind between uh, regular camp and this short camp specifically? Um, yeah, like I don't do this for um, like a job. Like some guys, it seems train during camps like they won't train as hard or they'll do other things but for me I train I train probably harder than most people train in a camp all the time and sometimes I pay for it like I get little injuries and stuff like that but for me I like it so much that I'm I train three four times a day anyway even if I don't have fights coming up just because I like to do it so for me I actually like knowing about fights on short notice because I don't have time to over, for me, I'm gonna overtrain. If I go about a fight too long in advance, I'm gonna go way, way too hard and I'll think about it too much. So by, by me finding out about this kind of last minute, I only found out about this on uh, Saturday, late Saturday night, pretty much Sunday. So, uh, and it's already coming up on the 7th. But for me, it's, I'm glad that this happened. You know, I'm always in shape. I'm always physically ready. I don't walk around, I walk around at maybe 180, 179. So for me to cut to 170 is a joke. So um, there's no excuse for me to do to do a fight. You know, I, I'm I'm glad to do it on short notice. Definitely, and like I said before, you've all, from a personal experience of knowing you firsthand. You know, um, you're you're always you're always ready, and uh, and you know, a lot of a lot of young fighters fighters that go back to that. You know, with the inexperience, might not be in that situation. But again, I, like I've said, you've shown great experience, and you know, again, signs of a true veteran who uh, take this very seriously and uh, love it more than anything, you know? So it's uh, it's great to see. And um, definitely can't, again, can't wait for your debut. Um, your opponent, uh, Marcus uh, Vinicius, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, he's yep. a BJJ practitioner, as far as I know, coming out of Brazil. Uh, do you know Do you know much about your opponent uh, firsthand, and have you been able to catch some uh, film and uh, do a lot of studying for this uh, this fight preparation? I caught a, I caught a couple fights of his not really too much actually um because there's a few marcus venetius is out there um but uh he's got a very because he does the uh brazilian striking style of capoeira which is a lot of unorthodox well to us it's unorthodox because it's a lot of spinning stuff and uh so for me it's going to be a bit different but i was lucky enough uh for chris clements uh, his last fight, he was. I got to spar with him a few times, and I spar with a couple other guys that do a lot of spinning stuff in their kicks. Uh, like Adam Ascenda does a lot of spinning kicks and stuff like that. So for me, um, it's not really. I can see those coming, but it's another thing that you got to be careful of because you can't go in there like I would against some of the other guys, uh, expecting some some of the other things that are going to happen more traditionally in kickboxing. He's going to be throwing weird angle kicks and stuff like that and then his ground game of course is pretty good he's got an active guard I saw one of his fights he actually fought uh, the last guy that I fought 
and uh, he had an active guard always going for, for submissions and stuff. So it's it's going to be um, a dangerous fight if I'm not too careful. You know, i got to be – I'm taking it really seriously. Definitely. And I, I know um, you have a really good um, a ground game yourself. And um, I want to ask you because I, I believe, um, you know, something that – may have been questioned before in the past was um uh your um your striking game uh how, how far along do you think that has come along you know since working with the guys at jocelyn's and you mentioned chris clements before who's really an orthodox striker uh you know anybody at adrenaline is generally an unorthodox striker but in your own words in your own opinion how would you say that's come along compared to you know past criticizers who might have said that it's not quite developed yet uh I, people just say it's not developed because they haven't seen it and the only reason I haven't seen it is because so far everybody's been too easy to take down and they haven't really been um, able to stop my ground game, right? So if, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I definitely, I feel when I spar MMA, I don't go for takedowns. I go, I just keep it on the feet. I like, I like to strike. I actually prefer striking more than, uh, I shouldn't say that, but I, I, in, in, when we MMA spar, I prefer to strike than um, being on the ground, I actually enjoy striking a lot more than than uh, grappling at times. So my striking is pretty good. Very cool, man! I can't wait to see it again. And uh, um, it's groundbreaking um, for you know a lot of young Canadian fighters that are now being called up to the bigger stages. Um, you know, we've had guys being called up to the USC that have fought out of adrenaline. Now um, we're seeing more younger guys coming to the World Series yeah, of Fighting. Jesse Ronson. Yes, um, prime example Jesse Ronson. You know, made his um, and even Jordan Meehan, I believe. Uh, you know, as yep. another young guy yep. that came in um, in the the score fighting series kind of territory and made his name up that way and built to the point where he is now so um in your own opinion as well um it's very groundbreaking for me to see like a lot of these guys do like make it to where they are but in your own opinion how how important it is for you to get to where you are and being a you know an ontario kid a hamilton kid canadian kid uh well for me it's i want to do this this is what i like to do the most so for me to be able to when I do this, I want to be fighting the best guys in front of on the best stage. So this is what I want to do. You know, I don't want to. I, I would. I don't care right now if I can only get fights on smaller shows, then so be it. But if I am able to fight on a big promotion like World Series of Fighting, then that's where I want to be. You know, I just want to fight. That's that's my main thing. But I'm really happy to be able to do it in on a big stage like this. Certainly, Ryan, and I'd uh, like to thank you for your time, buddy. I know you're a busy guy, and you're always training, and, you know, it's good to take a break after and not have to do these types of interviews after your uh, your training sessions, but I do appreciate your time again. It's always great to talk to you, Ryan. And, again, best of luck December 7th, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, World Series of Fighting 7. Um, is If there's anyone else that you'd like to give a sh- shout-out to or um, sponsors or thank you, uh, feel free to do so right now. Um, I just want to thank my my parents. Obviously, uh, they've always been very supportive, even though sometimes it seems like I'm a pain for them. And then, uh, obviously, Jeff Joslin, um, my coach, Tapout Training Center Burlington, my strength conditioning coach Steve Bodanis at SST Hamilton, and the guys at uh, Brock University for their wrestling help. That's that's uh, those are all the guys that I like to thank. Very cool, man. And now, if there's any um, anyone that listens into this, um, it's going to be airing probably um, early next week before the fight for sure. Um, 
if, if there's anyone that would be interested in getting in contact with you um, for sponsoring your World Series of Fighting debut, uh, how would they go about doing that? Um, they could, uh, my Twitter is, uh, at RyDMMA, R-Y-D-M-M-A, um, or even on Facebook, I, I accept pretty much everyone on Facebook, my name's just Ryan Dixon, D-I-C-K-S-O-N, but, uh, that's the best way to contact me for, for that kind of stuff, I'm always on there, and, uh, I'm pretty quick to get back to people on that, so, that'd be the best way. Awesome, man. Sounds great, and I can't thank you enough, buddy, and uh, best of luck. I'm sure I'll get to talk to Thanks, you before man. your fight. Hopefully, uh, Thanks you're not a lot. too busy. Oh, of course, man. Always an honor to talk to you, buddy. And uh, hopefully <laughs> I get to see you soon at another uh, Ontario MMA event. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks a lot for having me, buddy. Not a problem, man. You enjoy your evening. Thank you to Ryan Dixon. Uh, thank you to Adam Merton for doing a couple of the interviews on today's show. I appreciate that. He he lined up the interviews with Georgie K as well as Ryan Dixon. Uh, so I appreciate him doing those two interviews. Uh, hopefully Adam can, can continue to line up some interviews for Sucker Radio uh, down the road here. Uh, thank you to my other guests. I'd like to thank Lance Palmer. I'd like to thank uh, Caleb Starnes. And uh, the two guests that Adam Adam interviewed as well, I'd like to thank those guys. Uh, obviously, as I said in the intro, I'd just like to uh, send my regards and thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of Shane Del Rosario. We are uh, praying for you, my friend, and, and hope that you get better and, and, and you are able to come out of this uh, heart attack uh, healthy and, and all the best. So our thoughts and prayers are with you on that. Um, you can check out Sucker Radio here on MMAsucker.com, MMAopinion.co.uk. Um, all of our guests are from World Series of Fighting 7, which goes down next Saturday evening, December 7th, live from the Agrodome in Vancouver, British Columbia. I will be there live. I'm super excited about that. Um, you can find us on Stitchers. You can find us on iTunes. Anywhere that podcasts are heard, you can find Sucker Radio. Like MMA Sucker on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Same goes for MMA Opinion. They have a gigantic Facebook following, so make sure you check them out on Facebook and on Twitter. And with that, I will catch you next week.